Welcome to Everyday Superhero Cast. I am your host, Happiness Sorcerer, Coach, and Bard, Julian Loomis. And today we have a fantastic conversation with Anjali Bamani. We have a couple questions we'll be getting through after that, and we'll kick things off with analyzing the nature of your personal villain story arcs. Before we jump into that, I just want to give you a quick reminder if you enjoy this show, this episode, or my messaging in general and would like to show some support, you can do that by buying me a cup of coffee. You can do that one of two ways. You can either go to buymeacupofcoffee.com slash ESHeroCast or go to everydaysuperhero.training.com and click on one of the pink banners under the podcast section that says buy me a cup of coffee. There's no subscription. This is a one-time thing. Whenever you feel motivated or inspiration or feel like you just want to say thanks to what the show is doing and trying to reach, you can do so. Any little bit helps. I'm constantly running out of caffeine. Thanks. On with the show. I don't have a theme song yet. Remind me to fix it in post. All right. Let's talk villain arcs, or as this realm calls them, building personal boundaries. Here's the thing. You are the writer, producer, and main protagonist of your story. That story is your desire for purpose and uh, the search for personal growth. At any point in which you start looking to add new chapters to these journeys, your fans and your allies will split in two. Your fans are your work associates, your bosses, your colleagues, and depending on the nature of the relationship, family members. They are the people that have a vested interest in where your story arc is right now at this very moment. Your allies are your friends outside of work, your partners, your mentors, your acquaintances with similar interests, and of course, depending on the initial relationship, family members. They're the co-stars to this story that you are currently in. When you exhibit signs of growth or change or want to explore things that are new or different or unknown, your fans and your allies will respond in one of two ways. You will either hopefully get positive reinforcement of some form of, let's go, let's do this, which is awesome because it fills you with this sense of, yeah, I can do a thing. They might not be able to actually help you get to the new thing, but they're there cheering you on and that is wonderful. At least 50% of your fans and allies will become toxic, split by a rift of the reaction being, how can you do this to me? Because from their perspective, you building boundaries or moving to a new sense of purpose or journey or wanting to try something different is directly affecting their life. And it makes them feel like you have become a villain to their existence. They are afraid. They are scared. They do not like the change. And it is extremely powerful because you are also scared of the change because you don't know what's on the other side. So even though you may have received positive reinforcement, it will arrive way later than the claws of mistrust that show up as soon as you show signs of wanting something different new or growing for change. And that battle that will take place 
is the bloodiest, most terrifying of this story. Even when it's in the name of not wanting you to get hurt. This is where building personal boundaries comes into place. They give you the armor to protect yourself as you wage into the unknown, both against things of the unknown and against the internal attacks that you cannot see coming until it's too late. And that the building of those boundaries by your new adversaries is seen as you building the one ring and you are Sauron and bridges will be burnt and hearts will be broken and the people on the new side of this rift will directly, discreetly, and passive-aggressively stop at nothing to keep you from building the, the one ring for yourself and or try to squeeze their way in the inner circle of the new walls that are going up because it doesn't count with them. The reason that we feel like we're villains during this part of our story arcs is because of the amount of power the negative interaction have over us. They make us feel like we need to question what's in our heart where we're trying to get to what feels right for our own personal well-being. It's important to remember that a protagonist is neither hero nor villain, but merely the perspective from which the story is being told. Because your change is happenstance to your new adversaries, it is perceived as villainous to them. But you are writing your own hero's journey. And the hardest part of the hero's journey is the first steps into the unknown because you have no idea what's going to come and you have to have some version of a leap of faith to cross into a border you can't imagine being on on the other side of. But that is where your support will lie. Even if 50% of your friends and allies are like, yeah, let's go. The chances they can make this change with you are slim to none. So they may be able to put up a front as you find new allies on the other side of the unknown, but you have to build the boundaries to cross that barrier. And I promise you won't have to do it alone. All right. Now that we have ventured into understanding more, about our villain story arcs. How about we jump into the conversation with Anjali Bamani? This was so much fun. It is the quickest four to five minutes you will ever experience in your entire life, but we went a mile, a minute, and I was, I left supercharged and ready to run through brick walls. So I hope you enjoy this at least half as much as I did. Hi, welcome to my Hi. humble, tiny podcast, Everyday Superhero Cast. We have chatted before, so I'm excited to do that again. Uh, for the one person currently on with us, can you let them know who you are and how we know each other? Yes! Hello! I'm Anjali Bamani. Um, Julian and I know each other because we did a little episode of uh, superhero training together where we did, um, we did, we did like a circuit, sort of? Yeah, we did, I, we did a riff, a riff on, um, uh, Hot Ones, where instead of eating hot wings, you did a Tabata with me. That's right. That's yeah. That's right. I remember, and I was in much better shape back then. So <laughs> I, 
Yeah, much better. Um, that's okay. That's a, that's why life comes in waves. <laughs> yeah. Uh, thank you, Nor. Thank you, NorCal. NorCal Knock. Is that how we pronounce that screen name? Um, very kind of you to say that. Thank you so much. Um, so tell me what's good with you. What's good in your world? Oh my God. Um, I, I am. I'm good. Um, I. It's the last time we talked um, was the height, like not the height, like the beginning of the pandemic. Yeah, um, it was mid lockdown. Yeah, it was, uh, and we were, uh, my wife Lydia and I were just at the phase of trying to figure out how to help people from the internet um, without knowing how to do so and having a brick and mortar uh, facility. And since right. then, we have closed that, moved from Nashville to Rhode Island. Uh, oh wow! <laughs> uh, yep. Um, and then um, through a lot of a slight grieving process of closing the gym, of course, uh, and trying to reevaluate uh, how I can help people. Um, uh, the podcast was born. Um, Lydia has oh, retired from operating with Everyday Superhero uh, as a gym. She has uh -huh. found love in writing monster romance and just had her first uh, series uh, back to Kickstarter and is really excited to get that oh, finished. Oh, fantastic! Yeah, or the first book of a first series. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I look. I know firsthand what a what a joy that is, and what a, like sounds so it sounds so trite to say it's humbling, but it really you end up feeling so so grateful for your community. Not that I wasn't already, but um, when I ran my Kickstarter last year for my book. I didn't know, like, you know, who, who knows? When you're writing a book, whether it's fiction or nonfiction, as an yep. author and, and as an artist in general, your question is, does anyone really want to hear from me? Right. What do I, you know, really, does anyone need to hear from me? And so when people jump on Kickstarter and support you, um, you have that moment of like, okay, phew. And I, there are people who will, one way or the other, who will have this in their hands or on their Kindle or wherever, and who will get something out of that. And yep. I, I, that that joy and that sort of proof of concept and that, that um, connection you feel specifically to your Kickstarter supporters yep. is very different than any other kind of relationship that you have. You know, it really feels like they are they're members of the board. They're members of my company. They're they're they're, <laughs> right? they're somewhere there. They're somewhere there in the in the in the brick and mortar in the bricks of all the building in my head that houses my company. Yeah, totally. That um, I personally don't have the experience with with, with uh, Kickstarter, but I understand just the idea of um, building a bridge directly to the people that you want to re uh, reach. That I think is incredibly powerful. Um, like I, I have, yeah. um, I don't know if you know. I so we I built uh, Mission Quest, which is the role playing themed uh, home exercise class. Uh, originally, it was a class we offered in our gym, and then the gym died. And I spent two, Lydia and I spent two years trying to figure out how it could work digitally so people can work out from home but play the game. Right, um, right. And now it's up and running through our website. Um, oh, great. Yeah. We run it, we run it through on, I don't know, have you ever played, a, a, heard, heard of Vorpal Board? Yeah. Ah, it is a digital tabletop that runs through a browser. Oh. So okay, you have your, your like, video on it. But you can also. Like Roll20? It's, it's like that, except everything okay. is streamlined through the browser, and um, okay. you can videotape through your phone like live maps, so you can connect. Yeah, so, yeah. So I and then um, it, it, it and they have like in system dice rolling that are like three D over the screen. Uh, so I use mm -hmm. that 
for to bring people together and then we do we i've built a system that runs exercises through your skill checks uh yeah it's so much fun okay, that sounds so my jam because yeah. i'll be honest last time last time we hung out i was like super into working out and i was working out hardcore and i had been working out hardcore since like 2019 yep. i was in the best shape of my life i was eating really clean but I found that I was being so intense about it. And my trainer had warned me. I had a trainer at the time who had warned me. He's like, this is not sustainable. Mm -hmm. You have to give yourself some breaks. Mm -hmm. You have to do some maintenance. But of course, I being me was like, no, more goals. I have to push, 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 push. And sure enough, I just snapped. And I was like, oh, screw this. I can't, I can't do yep. it anymore. Are we allowed to curse on this? Yes, you are. Are we allowed to curse I, on this? I, I present myself with a very childish demeanor, but I am an adult. <laughs> yes, that I know, just in terms of uh, in terms of audience and what Twitch allows. Yeah. Although I've been on Twitch streams at this point that where I've cursed, and hopefully they don't hate me. Um, but yeah, no, I just had to like, I just had to be like, fuck that, I can't do it, and found myself going completely the opposite direction, which I think is what happens in any instance where we are squeezing something so hard yeah. in our life that we're not giving ourselves that chance to replenish our dopamine yep. and actually feel the joy of something. Absolutely. Um, and I feel like you would totally know about this too, about how Dr. Andrew Huberman, who is a, a, a doctor of Psychiatry, I believe. I'm, I'm, I know he's a neuro, neuro. No, he's a doctor of neuroscience. Um, and I want to say UCLA, but hopefully it's not USC, and I'm getting it right. Anyway, Dr. Andrew Huberman is very, very well known on the internet. He makes neuroscience very palatable. And one of the things that he talks about, and I wrote that I wrote about this in my book, that is so cool, is that he talks about how important it is for you to clock your wins. And it's yes. not just some like psychological hoodoo voodoo. It's not just this. It's not just a gratitude journal. Mm -hmm. There is actual specific scientific evidence towards it. Yeah. Because when you link dopamine, which is the center of your body that relates to pleasure, to mm -hmm. accomplishment, mm -hmm. to making you feel good when you did something, whether it's you know the, the crappy things like scrolling through and seeing likes on your internet or whether it's a 10K run, whatever it is, if you connect your dopamine do good habits. Yep. You allow yourself the joy and yes. allow that dopamine to be released. That will sustain you more when you are pushing yourself. Yep. And that and that uh, uh, you know your adrenaline is running and all your neurotransmitters are like you're you're in that fight or flight mode and that yep. epinephrine. Yep. All of that stuff. And it, so, it builds it builds um, it builds a trust of the process without having needing that care at the end of the stick. Um, and also, but also, I think, and this is definitely a, a weakness of mine, and has been since childhood. I, I'm not ashamed to admit, but I'm sad to admit this. I'm like, I can remember this in the first time I can really remember this mindset was like second grade. So, it's not <laughs> but where I just go, yeah, 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 I did good, but I have to, keep, I have to do this better. Yep. Yeah, yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm right. Whatever. I got to do this. Yep. Where you sort of discount. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And if you never allow your brain and your body yep. a hit of dopamine, you're going to either try to replenish it in unhealthy ways by eating unhealthy foods, because that's one way we do it, with, yep. and then we become addicted to those things. You're going to try to do it through scrolling social media and getting hits, hit, 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 hit. You're going to try to put it in your body. God forbid you're going to try to you know, do it through, through uh, drug addiction or anything like that. Or you can replenish it by letting yourself have the win. Yes, absolutely. I totally agree. It's as simple as that. Yeah, I, I like know, to... I know, um, someone in there, I know someone in there just said they have ice cream. 
Hell yeah! Yeah. If you don't occasionally, if you don't occasionally give yourself the ice cream, even if it's like low-fat almond milk ice cream, yeah. whatever you have to do, if you don't occasionally give yourself that treat, are gonna rebel. Yep. Your body, yeah. mind, your whole system is gonna go. I can't do this enough. Yeah, I totally agree. Build, build your ability to do more and more. You have to build your body's natural ability to create more dopamine. Yep. That yeah. is it. Mm-hmm. That all of a sudden, I don't know about you, but neuroscience is very exciting. To me. I love it. Well, it's the, the, it's yeah. the link. It's the link between the different avenues that I work with in my clients. When yeah. I find, but the more I, I understand think. neuroscience, the more I can link the the strength training and the mental health conditioning into one. Yeah. Like, oh, this is how this is working. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's as simple. It's as simple as. Like, I so didn't believe this until I experienced it. And <laughs> no, no, no. I'm going to let you guys in on something that's very personal, but I think yeah. it's an important share. So uh, when I first was about to start training in 2019, I hadn't worked out in ages. I mean, the only, like, I, I looked fine, but my body was not fine. I did not feel great. And um, and so, of course, when you look okay, everyone's like, why would you, you, you look great. Why would you change how you eat? Everything's fine. You know, inside. So one of the things that I told this trainer, uh, Eddie Baruta, uh, uh, high five to him, kudos to him. And I told him when I first met him, I said, look, I have a history of eating disorders. And right now I am experiencing a bout of, of depression, a really big bout of depression. And this was pre-pandemic. I was just yeah. in it. And so I told him, I think I may go on, I may talk to a doctor and see if I need to go on antidepressants. And Eddie said very gently, he said, you know what, just give me a little bit of time before you do, if you really, really need it, go, but give me just a little bit of time with you before you do, and let's see what happens. I shit you not, day two of working out, Mm -hmm. after my second workout, I felt that lift, I felt that dopamine, I felt my neurotransmitters clicking into place and the serotonin and Mm -hmm, all of it mm -hmm. so powerfully. Then I got mad at myself and I was like, you seriously? I, like, all I needed to do was move my body? Yeah! Not be a, and, like, not be a lazy butt that like all, for me, that's yeah. what I yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but it is, but it was so quick and so obvious to me that from that point on, it is, it is clear to me that whether you are hardcore lifting weights or just going for a walk and like walking with your dog, yep. movement is so vital to our mental well-being. I agree. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And the fact that you make it so fun, <laughs> going, all the way back, going all the way back to why I just yes. went off on this, you make it so fun. Like, I love the gamification of working out. Yeah. It's the way, the gamification it's, of It's recess is all it is. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. Absolutely. Your focus becomes something other than the fact that your body is doing something uncomfortable. Yes. Your focus becomes That's the big thing. That is, yeah. Because, and there's, there is, there is, um, I wrote down like four different notes of as you're as we were, this was happening of what I wanted to come back to and I forgot all of them so I'm throwing my notes away. I, <laughs> um, uh, I um, the big thing that I've been focusing on right now and what I've built the Discord for uh, is the idea of of communicating um, mental, emotional, and physical health as one equally large priority because like you have your specialist like you need you need. You you need therapists. You need your doctors. You need you need like yeah. And a neither officer. one of us, you guys. Neither one of us. We're just going to do this disclaimer now. Neither one of us is doctors. Neither one of us is. I'm no guru. I am. I don't have a degree in neuroscience. No, nope. I, I am technically a personal trainer. So I am one of the personal trainer. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but but um, 
uh, uh, we, we, all of that has been so segmented in how we help things and it's been built in helping things retroactively to things going wrong. Yeah, um, the, whole, so, the whole Western medical system. Is oh yeah. Uh, so my, my, my focus is in communicating how we build habits forward rather than like mm -hmm. what we take away that we're doing wrong. Um, well, 100%. Yeah. And it's, and it's, uh, I, I use, because I'm a personal trainer, I start with movement. Um, but I have also found that the process of adaption, which is what strength training is, uh, uh, is the same process that your neuroreceptors go through when you, when you work on them. It's the same process that, that, um, your dopamine receptors go through when you work on them. It's the same process <laughs> that your ability to learn language or paint or what, like all of it is the same process. And I love using yes. strength training as a real-time metaphor that gives you biofeedback for oh i put in this i got this out of it yeah uh, right. and then you can take that same idea and apply it to new things that you want to achieve or learn or do um, Amen. and in order to do that you have to remove the idea that like i'm working out because i want to lose weight or i'm looking out because i want to look a certain way hallelujah uh, it's it's um i teach exercise as practice for movement so that when you move you feel more comfortable and it's like the, yeah, the idea is like raising your, your yeah raising your average movement levels to a point where like your obstacles aren't obstacles whatever that is whatever that level is for you um uh is is kind of the idea but outside of that um it's tying it together emotionally and psychologically um yeah if you're if you're at the end of your week um and your uh, and your boss has been yelling at you. Uh, traffic has been blaring. The weather's been super gray and gross, and uh, and you're uh, you're pent up from a, a sense of not in reality, but your brain thinking a low grade lion is chasing you like all week. Yep. Because oh, your God, brain yes. okay. because your brain can't tell the difference between what you think yeah. and what is actually happening. Uh, if you get to the end of the week and there has not been a uh, a, a moment or time dedicated to that level of adrenaline being pumped through your system, uh, you're gonna crack, you're gonna get sick, your immune system is gonna, because your, your body isn't, and then maybe it's a week, maybe it's a month, maybe it's a year, like every, it depends on the person. Uh, but that's where burnout comes from. That's where, that's where yeah. it's, your, it's your endocrine system not being able to function. The continuous, so that's sort of what we were talking about at the beginning, about giving yourself those dopamine hits, but also, and what I love so much about what you talk about on this podcast, about, um, about it all being, one thing, you yes. know, mental health, emotional health, spiritual health, and physical health, they're all, they're all encompassing. And I think what ends up happening a lot of the time is that, for example, like you were saying, you know, if you're working out to look a certain way, it's not purely sustainable just for that. Yep. And that I'll be honest, that's why, that's why I started working out. But what I realized was the better I felt in my body, yeah. the better I felt, the better I felt, mm -hmm. the more I realized what I could do, not how I looked, but yep. the more I could do more, the more that ceiling of what I could do raised. You yep. know, my cousin is a piano teacher uh, and he's a, a, a concert pianist and, and he teaches all the time. And one of the things he said to me as an artist that has always stuck with me, you know, I was talking about how I blew an audition, right? I felt like I did a terrible job in audition. He was like, well, just remember as you're better, as your best gets better, your worst gets better too. Mm -hmm. So it's the same thing. Your ability level continues yes. to grow. Like you're a, like you're an RPG character. After a certain point, yes, exactly. The thing you couldn't do.
Yeah, I, I use the term um, escaping level zero. Yeah. Because you're, when you're starting on something new, hardest... it is getting from level zero to level one is harder than getting from level one to level three. And we don't. Yeah, we do... call that for, for people who don't know, training age is a very common thing to talk about in personal training too, because your training age is basically how new is your body to working out, right? Yep. And if your body is very new to working out, it takes less to change more than it does later on. Yep. So yes, it's harder, but you see certain results so much faster. Absolutely. Like me in the you know the two days, and all of a sudden I was in a good mood. And I don't yeah. think about Pollyanna, happy, happy. <laughs> Feeling just you, you feel the shift where you're like, oh, everything doesn't suck. Why did I think it sucked? Like you're 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 in that moment of. Wow, there was such a great result from that little bit. Let me keep going. Let me yeah. Keep going. Let me yep. try that. Let me, yeah, let me, absolutely. Let me yeah, yeah, yeah. And the, the, so the benefits, so the, I think the trouble, uh, oh, I want uh, one caveat is if you decide to start moving more because of wanting to alter or change or improve or feel your body change aesthetically, that is super valid. Please consider don't. doing that. I'm not saying don't do that. I'm, I'm just saying the sustainable parts of it come from another level. Um, right. Like, for example, for example, I'll do it this way. When I started training back, in, I, call, I consider that like the golden age of me training. You know? So when I started training, yes, I 100% had an aesthetic reason uh, to do it. But when we set our goals, goals were, I want to be able to do five pull-ups. Mm -hmm. The goals were, by the end of three months, I want to be able to do this thing. I want to be, be able to do this comfortably. Um, and I want to feel better mentally. You know, I want to wake up in yep. the morning excited to face the day. Those things that are more tangible and less about your, they're more about, not just more tangible, but they're more about an internal satisfaction with oneself mm -hmm. than an external satisfaction. The external satisfaction is awesome. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> good stuff when you feel like, wow, I'm, I'm, look at me. I look right. Like that was, that felt good back then. Yes. But, uh, but. It's it's not the thing that's going to sustain you through life. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Then, yeah. You kind of, then you're always kind of feel like you're, ch you're someone's chasing you, keeping you from. Like I always feel like from that point you're 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 afraid of what happens when you don't do it, rather than excited by what happens when you do. I agree. Um, there's um, the 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 physiological changes that take place from your the consistency of being more active, um, building phys positive physical habits um, are things that come down or, or, or I'll become to uh, change or start to change um, uh, on a delayed reaction to your consistency. Mm -hmm. So like the, the uh, there's, it's, there's a correlation between like how often, how frequently and how long. Uh, and then like two, three months down the road, there will be changes, but because you're mm -hmm. seeing it every single day, you won't notice in that you moment. Won't someone else will. Yeah, someone else will. Uh, and 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 uh, the the biggest detractor of continuing to work out or to be active right. in that same level is that uh, either we hit a goal and we're like, yeah, I'm done, or uh, uh, we feel like nothing's happening, or we what's the point? Well, we reach a point right. where like there's no longer a carrot. And you don't feel like yeah. we can continue going. And um, I found that the the missing part is building as much immediate gratification in your on each individual workout or exercise. Because 
when you when you look at like the reasons to exercise and the reasons not to exercise every single reason you're telling yourself not to to work out which is, are all valid reasons uh are immediate right now emotions you're having to the day you're having in that moment when your goals are a week a month a year later and you can't find a reason that is right now going to feel good or make things better uh it's going to lose every single time that's so that's such a powerful thing to to clock because i am very much that way people people are often like wow you're so disciplined and i'm like no 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 when i make a decision i stick to it because i want to do something mm -hmm. but left to my own devices i would happily sit on the couch all day with a dog and you know watch netflix and and read real estate listings and frequent flyer miles yep. Yep. You know, emails like i'm very comfortable in comfort it's mm -hmm. just that I, uh, if if I do that, then gradually there there becomes a tipping point where that is no longer, that is even no longer making you feel good. Mm -hmm. Because you're all you're just kind of mired down in it. Yep. Um, uh, I, I admit freely, right now I've been having to uh, sort of trick myself into working out. Yes. Lately. I understand Because I was that. very much in the like, oh God, I don't want to work that hard again. What's the point if I don't do everything 100%? What's the point? And finally I was like, the point is you are sitting on your butt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, that, and that goes back to giving, you, giving yourself the wins. Because if, you're, if, you're, if, if uh, effort is, uh, giving 100% effort does not mean giving 100% execution. So if, you all, if, uh, if, you, if all the effort you have is rolling out of bed uh, and you do like sit-ups and push-ups three times because that's, that's rolling out of bed, all you can do. You've given 100%. That is worth 100% of your effort. You take that when you move on and that keeps you going for the next day when maybe you have your 100% is at a higher uh, uh, that level. Goes back to, that goes back to what I was saying Dr. Huberman was talking yes. about, about taking the win, which is um, you can give yourself that dopamine hit just putting your shoes by the door maybe one day it's putting your shoes by the door maybe it's one day it's putting them on and leaving the house maybe one day it's putting them on leaving the house and then going for a walk yeah. whatever it is it's it's it, and that that can apply to anything in your life if you're finding it really really hard to start mm -hmm. and you're like i just have to start if you need to start small that counts yeah it absolutely just, you just you need to start yeah yep there and there's there's um uh I like to, to describe it as um, feeling good happens in a vacuum because uh, when you feel good, it is an absence of resistance to living. Oh, wow. So the more, so the more we have uh, pushing against us as feedback to our, day, our, our daily life or grind or what have you, um, the more we could push against it and feel that pressure and like force ourselves moving forward. As you start feeling good, those, that tension removes itself. So when you're oh, in the you're, moment you're, feeling... You're blowing my mind right now. Yeah, when you're in the moment running. feeling good, what you're feeling is nothing going wrong. You're not actually feeling a positive sensation. You're just... It, you, it's, it's why, like, you don't notice that you've never lifted this laundry basket without your back hurting before because what you don't feel is pain. You don't feel yeah. a good sensation. You feel no pain. And then the next time it does hurt, that's what you notice. So giving yourself those, those victories is mentally clocking, oh, this is me feeling good or doing better. Yep. Because if you yep. don't have that biofeedback, you'll never notice. Right. And what I'm also finding for myself, because uh, like I said, I'm, part of, I'm, I'm sort of in a phase where I'm having to be 
very, very like, okay, this is, we're not going back to 2019. We got to figure out how to get you. We got to figure out how to get you together again. Um, it, it, everything is everything because clocking those wins doesn't just come from cool. I can do this without hurting. It comes from, wow, I actually got a good night's sleep. Mm -hmm. Don't normally, I don't normally sleep well. Wow, I went to bed not feeling so stuffed because I ate all of the snacks in the house while I was watching Netflix. Oh, well, that, and I woke up feeling good. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Like clocking those lip, those those tiny sensations, and um, you know, it's so easy. Again, I I fall prey to this ninety nine percent of the time, which is why it's easy for me to talk about it. It's so easy to get online, to get on social media, to scroll, 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 see all this input of what you're not doing. Yeah. And think nothing that you are doing, well, that's not a win. Yeah. I could have a fantastic workout, suddenly like pull up social media and there's someone doing 20 pull-ups, some chick blowing my mind and I'm like, all right, well, what am I going But... If it's a big win for me, it's a big win for me. And clocking that regardless of anyone else's journey and clocking the different things that feel good. Wow, I, I read a book instead of being online for an hour and my brain feels calmer. Yeah. Like simple, simple things like that. Um, I think clocking those is important to our well-being too because you're, if you build your focus working out, it applies to the rest of your life. If you build your focus reading a book, that'll apply to your workouts. If you build your focus yep. and it's your a skill. ability to choose things and stick to them anywhere, it applies everywhere. Yeah, to your point of um, getting comfortable being comfortable, uh, I think the trick is getting comfortable when you're uncomfortable. Being uncomfortable, yes, I actually, I've, I've said this a few times because one of my, our dear friend, um, Jeff Fahey, he's a, he's a brilliant actor. You've all seen him in something, I guarantee it. Um, you just don't know that it's him if you don't know his name. But I asked him once, I said, you know, you've done so many extraordinary things where you just like jumped in. Were you always like this just cool with risk? And he said, no, I just got really comfortable being uncomfortable. Yep. And as soon as he said that, I was like, and there's my life goal. There, yeah, exactly. There is my life goal. My, my, uh, here you go. Sorry. No, no, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I just, my, um, 90% of the stories that I take from my personal life give, uh, on the podcast are stories of me jumping before I know what I'm doing. Uh, yep. uh and, learn, and yeah, my, and I, and I've said to Lydia that my, um, I still don't look when I jump, but I've gotten better at spotting my landing. Like I can, I can uh, like as on the way, yeah, on the way down, I can be like, Ooh, wait, if I turn this direction, they'll hurt less. Like, you know, <laughs> uh, it's, and it, but it's, it's through trial and error of like, uh, and this isn't true for everybody, but if I don't physically make steps towards doing something, I will never start doing it. I, I can have the best that, that, I I reason. That is, true. I think that is true for everybody. Cause in order to start it, you need to make the steps. Exactly. And I, and I've gone and I, I went so extreme the other way that I just started physically acting out what I could right then whenever like whenever there was the actual like this has to happen I just start doing something and it starts out bad very bad because I don't know how to do it uh like this podcast like I <laughs> uh and I and I uh but but by allowing myself to be bad at it and just try it uh it tells me what the questions I don't know I need to ask and then I can start asking them and growing from that from that experience right and and it's it's just uh... 
so crazy because again, we don't think about this until you really know about it scientifically and you, and you let it roll around in your head. But when you we feel are it personally, weight, I would say that because there is a there is a sensation that I've talked uh, a number of people that I've talked to who have felt the like when you start getting comfortable pushing into the unknown, there is a yes. sensation of being able to trust it that you yeah. can only build through having experienced it. Yes, 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 exactly. But it helps, at least for me, yeah. it helps to understand the process. And one of the things that really, really helps helped for me um, when I was a personal trainer and explaining it to other people, not just to myself, is that when you are working out, when you are strength training, you are actually technically creating tiny little tears yep. in your muscle. You are tearing your muscle, not tearing, no, not tearing a muscle. Yeah. You're like, you're, you're making these tiny tears and the healing process of those tears, the recovery process is what builds your strength. Yep. And so, yes, you're going to have to do something very uncomfortable and then you're going to have to allow yourself some time to have the comfort of recovery. Yep. Two things go hand in hand. You can't do one without the other. I agree. It's just that if you are in constant recovery, that's not going to work. And yep. if you're in constant uh, exertion, that's not going to work mm -hmm. in any aspect of your life. I agree. I tend to be, I tend to be in constant exertion mentally, which is not good for you. Mm. Not good for anyone. And what I have found is that sort of have to force myself, not that it's hard to force myself to do this, but I have to force myself not even to meditate. I have to force myself to straight up take a nap or like shut it down every single day for at least 20 minutes because I need to reboot. Yeah, absolutely. And if my, reboot, and my, if my rebooting is anything conscious, it's not going to work. Oh, yeah. I know that's how my brain works. Now, the more I, I've been listening to a meditation now for like, I, I, on and off for like a year and a half, this very specific one that a friend made for me. And sometimes I fall asleep. Sometimes I don't sort of doesn't matter, but I always find myself like coming to sort of at mm -hmm. the end of it. Oh, nice. One way or the other, which is like, talk about that being weird. But that moment of resetting my brain changes the game. That recovery moment. Yes. And then you get, and then you got to get good sleep. Yeah. Sleep is everything. If your sleep sucks, your life sucks. It's <laughs> That's you true. You got to get good sleep. You got to find a way to do it. Get yourself some eye masks and some lavender, whatever it takes to get you good. Um, I, did, I underestimated the value of sleep until I started getting really good sleep. And then I was like, oh, no, now mm. I can't. Go, like, two faces out of the tube, I can't go back. Yep. Yeah, yeah. No. Totally agree. So tell me more. More? Oh, well, okay. So I was going to say, <laughs> I think before, yeah, uh, the the thing, the reason I brought up Mission Quest is because um, it's fun and, and wonderful, but I built it as a membership into my website. Um that is separate from any other entity. Uh, I because I wanted to to this goes back to the building a bridge directly to the people you want to reach. Uh, because I, I I didn't like the idea that someone else somewhere down the road could be like, no, nope, we don't do that type of service anymore, or no, nope, this isn't an approved type of content, or like this, uh, uh, or that. Uh, right. Oh, I see what you're saying. Right. You wanted to be on your own platform so you could control Right. It. Which yeah. means getting people to know it exists is a longer battle. Because if I had gone to like Patreon and been like, I have a Patreon. If you are on this tier, you get to be part of this this uh, class. Is it, is it that much harder, though, than telling people I have this tiered system that's like Patreon? It's, it's in... 
it's a little harder in that it is one click away from a click they're used to clicking on. So okay. if it's if it's a system if it's a All system right. or a platform that they know what yeah. to expect from, they're more likely to at least be like, oh, that's a thing I might do. It's easy. Right. That's easy. If yeah, if yeah, you're on a random website and and they're like, I'll take your money every month. There's a, a lot smaller but larger gap of trust that needs to be filled. Sure, um, sure. No, that makes sense. That makes that uh, makes good sense. But. Uh, the, I mean, the same amount of like letting people know you exist still has to happen either way. Like that's that doesn't change. Um, yeah. But that yeah, was... well, this podcast hopefully is helping with that because this is a great. I love that you're doing this now. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, it's a lot yeah. of fun, uh, and it's it's not. Uh, there's a there's a workout. There, so it's every two weeks um, we play, and the the set the classes are two hours, but it's like forty five minutes of effort because <laughs> uh, because there's those role play involved. Like two hours, geez, that's no, 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 it's 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 a two, it's a two hour game, but it's. Um, it's uh, it rules light and like high improv. It's just using your, lots of your uh, imagination. That sounds fun. That's a lot of fun. Uh, and then uh, yeah, so the, the, they're every every other week. And then in between, you um, everything that you would get from your DM normally, like your recap from the last session, or like uh, um, uh, uh, how you level up, all that kind of stuff, uh, is all built within between session to session in workouts. So like following yeah. that you do on your own in the real world and you get real world credit anytime you do something active or good for your mental health. And that goes to, into your character sheet. So when you come in on game day, uh, you can either not have to work as hard because you worked really hard during the last two weeks or the class becomes more of a uh, work for you because you're making up for the, those two weeks in the right, game. Right, 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 right. Wow, uh, that's, yeah. that's a challenge. Yep. So that, uh, but it. I brought that up uh, because of that's my version of Kickstarter. Is like I I, I realized, sure. like the getting getting from me directly to people rather than around. Yeah. 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 I mean, I, it, and and honestly, just getting your message to people. Is really yeah, special. that's why I. I, I, speak, I, I know uh, you've been trying, doing this for. That's why you've been doing this for so long, and I love that about both of you that you guys. You know, you came from a place of really wanting people to feel better. And that, look, that's the same place my series came from. That's mm -hmm. the same place my book is coming from. Mm -hmm. um, I, I want people to know that they are not alone in their struggle. They may exactly. Have a unique struggle. You may have a unique struggle, but yep. you are not alone in it. Yep. You've got Julian here cheering you on. You've got me here cheering you on. You've got people in your life. If you don't feel like you have people in your life, there are online communities. There is always someone. There's always someone there cheering you on. There's always someone there with a shoulder to cry on. There's always someone there who has a flashlight to help you figure out how to get out of the cave. There's always someone. So you are not alone. I agree. So at that and that, especially during the pandemic when people were physically alone, um, I, I think it's very, very important for all of us to know that, that you can be unique and not alone. Yeah, Weird absolutely. I, um, is, is I've come to the conclusion as I've learned of, I guess, the term neurodiversity and like what that represents. My, my real understanding of, of how I see it is, um, that like neurodiversity is like with is acknowledging that an individual's brain and how it works without assign uh, trying to assign a diagnosis. It's it's right and uh, the more I dig into that idea, the more I realize that um, what we perceive as this is how the brain is supposed to work, 
is how the brain's supposed to work for a collective society that is part of yeah, like... Yeah, that's in a typical fashion. Exactly. Typical. That's why I love the term neurodiverse and neurotypical. Exactly. And, the, and if you... It's about a majority. It's not about right or wrong. Exactly. Uh, but I have yet to find, when you get down to the individual person, someone who can identify uh, with feeling like their brain works typically. Does that make sense? Like... The, yeah, it does make sense. On, on a very, very individualistic well, level. Yeah, yeah. I also suspect that the people who are actually diving that deep into their neurology and their, you know, people who are diving that deep into their soul are not your typical human being. No, You know what not. I mean? Like, I feel like, I, feel, I shouldn't say are not your typical human being, but like the people who might feel, they're like, yeah, my brain works exactly how it's supposed to. That's how it's supposed to work. People who might feel that might not be people who necessarily would be diving in to find out what are my idiosyncrasies. What yep. Are, what makes me different, what makes me tick. Mm -hmm. The very cool thing about trying to figure out what makes you tick without judgment is you find yourself being more and more open to more and more people in the world and understanding their language, understanding their love language, understanding understanding what their physiology might mean or their what their, um, uh, not physiology, but like physicality might mean when they're talking to you it might not mean the same thing to someone else. You know, whether whether someone is specifically neurodiverse, mm -hmm. um, you know, specifically diagnosed as neurodiverse or not, we all have our own idiosyncrasies and our own ways of, of walking through the world. And yep. the more we allow ourselves to be different but not alone, yep. the better off we all will be, whether it's through stories, whether it's through podcasts like this where you realize that, whether it's through books, whatever it is, whatever, whatever gives you confidence in that being the baseline truth, then you have the freedom to explore. Then you have, okay, cool. Let me see how I'm different. Yeah. Let me see yep. how I'm the same. Let mm -hmm. me see what, let me find people who can understand this aspect of my life, this aspect of my life, this aspect of my life. Let me find that in the world without fear and without judgment. Yep. And, and you can't, the crazy mean, thing right? is that you can't know that your brain works differently for someone because it's, the only yeah. way you have of perceiving really the world. It's yeah, literally in a right. vacuum of information. Uh, I've, I've used this a couple of times story-wise, uh, but over the last year, Lydia and I realized that I don't actually visualize. When I'm trying to picture things, I don't see things in my head. I experience them. I, I have sensations and feelings. And, ah, and I live, and I, cool. like when I write, my body reacts to what I'm writing, but I can't see it in my head. Mm -hmm. Um, when Which I... makes perfect sense why you leaned into this as a career. Yes. <laughs> so, and, and not just a career, but like a, a way of life, a vocation. Yeah. Um, but uh, I, I never knew I didn't visualize. I just thought that's how visualization works. Uh, uh, it wasn't until she was like, no, like I see things when I put them in my mind's eye. I was like, oh, I just, I just don't. I guess like the, the idea of like the, uh, a picture is a thousand words is reversed for me. I need all the words to be able to like yes, understand. I get that. I yeah. Get that. And it's so cool. Cause there are so many different, uh, things that have been marked over the years, you know, like, like I think it's synesthesia where people see music when they hear it. That's how they, that's how they experience music is they see color and they see there's this one painter and I can't remember her name and she's freaking brilliant. And it's one, and it's it's her way of experiencing that input mm -hmm. and um and i just think it's again like you said it's everybody operates it's, it's it's that thing that happens on the internet all the time where like is it the blue dress or a 
yellow right? dress or whatever it is, and yes. nobody can agree on it. <laughs> nobody can agree on it because we all have different brains. Exactly. We have different brains. We've just agreed on enough things as, as humanity. Like yep. we've agreed that gravity exists. We have agreed that that is light. We have agreed on certain things. But other than that, I think uh, that's what makes life exciting. Is that all of us have these different? All of us have these differences. It's what makes improvising so exciting. It's oh, I love improvising. RPGs. I love it. It's what makes the, the, the tabletop RPGs my favorite, favorite thing to do. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, if I if I had my druthers, I would just like I'd be doing that every day, all day. Yeah. Because um, it's just this beautiful. You are using your brain in a way you don't necessarily get to use it on a daily basis. Yeah. I've actually celebrate your friends doing that. Yes. My, my favorite thing, one of my favorite things about tabletop games is that it's a mix of you're performing with your cast and they're your audience at the same time. So it allows you to, I'm getting to enjoy my friend's virtuosity while I'm playing my own. Exactly. Yeah. I love that. I love that too. Julian, I am so sorry. Uh, we're at that 40. I know. You gotta, you gotta head out. I know. I'm so, I'm so, so apologetic. It's a crazy busy time of year for me. But I promise you, mm-hmm. I promise you, I'm very excited to, for us to have a part two because I love talking to you and you know, I know that. And I love geeking out on neuroscience and emotional well-being and anything that I can do to help you, you know, spread the, the cause of well-being being a whole, you know, being the gestalt, being a whole life thing. I'm, I'm very happy to do it. I'm so grateful that you're out there doing this for people. I'm so grateful you're doing it in such a creative way because sometimes we need to trick ourselves to do things that are good for us. Sometimes right? we gotta, you know, yeah. I'm, I'm, using, I'm using a VR workout app right now. <laughs> you're working out. And I'm like, well, oh, you're, you're, if you're ever curious, you are welcome to join us for a game of Mission Quest. I know you're crazy busy, but if you ever were. Yeah, well, let's see Let's see what happens. I don't know, two hours is, a, I don't know if Anki can handle two hours, but we'll see. We'll see it's, it, workout-wise, it's four to five minutes. <laughs> In terms of how much effort you do, it's four to five minutes. But yeah, it takes okay, two okay, hours okay. because it's still a tabletop game. <laughs> Got it. Okay. I it, it is, it is. I tried to make the game mirror the idea of playing a virtual tabletop game as yeah, much as possible. Yeah. And then every so often when you have to do a check to like roll your dice, you get up and do the exercise that is tied to it. That's all it is. I yeah. love it. Yeah. I love it. Okay, awesome. that sounds dope. That sounds dope. Yeah. You guys, thank you for everyone who tuned in too. Um, you guys can also always find me uh, on the interwebs. I'm very easy to find. If you just Google me, you can find everything about me. And, uh, and if anybody has any questions for my web series, uh, I am fun size, please feel free. Or do you just want to hit me up? Um, I have a public-facing email address that's Anjali at IamFunSize.com. If you have something you don't feel like posting on the internet or something that you want to ask or whatever, I do my best to get to everyone's questions on the series. I don't always, but I do my absolute best. Your stuff always gets read. Um, And uh, we're going to be talking about release of the book the next time you and I chat. Yeah, I would love that. But it's coming soon. It's not here yet. Don't look for it yet. It's it's coming soon, and uh, and I just can't wait. It's 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 really fun. Awesome, wonderful. Hey, you're still here. That is awesome. Thank you. One last big shout out to Anjali. That was a wonderful conversation. You're always a delight to talk to. Uh, since it did come up during the conversation with Anjali, if you're curious or interested in learning more about Mission Quest, you can do so by visiting EverydaySuperheroTraining.com. Mission Quest, an exercise-infused TTRPG, is a single-page, high-improv tabletop role-playing system 
shoved and merged together with a group exercise class. It is high, fun, super silly, and all about the shenanigans. Mission Quest is run as a subscription. With that subscription, which your first month is free, and after that, it's only $10 a month, you get two games a month, so they're every other week, and in between your games, you're provided with resources to help level up and better your character, which is you. And you do that by being active and exhibiting positive habits in everyday life. So again, if you're curious about learning more about Mission Quest, visit everydaysuperhero-training.com. We have one final segment. Stick around. We have the Q&A to get through. We just got three questions, and all of them are fandom-themed today. So we'll see if I can sneak in a little, a little rant in here at some point. <clears throat> all right, here we go. Question number one is from the Mandarin Podcast. He says, oh, this one's going to be difficult. What takes number one in your life? Star Wars or Star Trek? Okay. Here's the thing. So, both Star Wars and Star Trek live in lukewarm territory in my fandoms and enjoyment. I don't not enjoy them. Um, I fondly remember... Ever so often watching episodes of, of Next Generation, I do remember very much enjoying Deep Space Nine. But as a whole, um, and I enjoyed the original, uh, the rebooted Star Trek movies. Those were fun. Um, I do not consider myself a fan of the franchise. I do just ever so often enjoy it from time to time. The same could be said for Star Wars. I'm not a Star Wars fan. They are. There are probably things that I enjoy more um, that are, I'm not saying they're better or worse. I just, uh, Star Wars is not always my cup of tea. Um, I tend to enjoy the new ones more than the old ones. So that probably gives an idea of how weird I am. Um, but also, I don't actually compare my enjoyment of Star Wars to Star Trek or vice versa because they hit completely different things for me. Uh, Star Trek is quintessential uh, science fiction. Um, there is a growth of technology and uh, even though it's fictionalized, an idea of the technobabble being sincere and less than magic. Like it's a process that can replicate it again and again and be built. Um, and because of that, the society has grown to a particular state and you're, you're learning lessons uh, from that perspective. Uh, Star Wars is fantasy. There is no progression of technology. There is no, uh, even though you have spa spaceships and flying, there is a no point in which space was not taken for granted by the people of Star Wars. Um, there is tech, but it's all and gear and whatnot. But everything, everything seems to be magic based. Nothing. Everything. The the reason things change are the paint coats for who's in charge, not so much uh, a systematic growth of um, technology. So you get stories that are more based around the magic and the mysticism um, of, of that type of being a hero. Um, so they give me different things for different reasons and are equally lukewarm compared to other things that I might go, whoa, I gotta watch this right now. 
And you have unlocked today's bonus rant. Because when we talk about what takes number one in my life, I want to clarify, I take number one in my life. We just had a whole conversation about villain story arcs. So I cannot let this slide. I am number one in my life for my story. The first place position outside of myself is my partner, Lydia. Position number two is tied, don't make me pick a favorite, between my two dogs. Those are my, that is my system and hierarchy of my, of my well-being. Uh, so even though I think your question was more related to number one fandoms, um, before you even get to fandoms, there is me. I am number one all the time in my story. And I believe, hope, and wish that Lydia is number one in her story. And we, as number ones in each of our own stories, come together to form a special power boom of awesome that the world gets to enjoy. So that's question number one with the bonus rant. Question number two and three are asked by two separate people but are related. So we're just going to do this as one long thing. <clears throat> Question number two is from Lydia's Nerdverse, which reads, what DVD class would be the worst in real life? Question number three is from Band Reaper and reads, what would be the best DVD class in real life? Uh, for this, I think I would want, in real life, I would want to... I would focus around what would bring me the most versatility outside of having to be an adventurer. Um, so because of that, I think the worst in real life would be a fighter. Based solely on the fact that if I am not fighting, uh, I'm not doing my job or using my skill set. So my, my purpose and what I can contribute is very, very limited. Uh, if... Uh, on the other flip side, I would say Sorcerer would be uh, the most exciting uh, to be, or best to be, uh, in real life. Because it allows the most flexibility, uh, in my opinion, outside of having to be an adventurer. The fact that your magical abilities are innately part of your inner essence um, means that you can wield them and use them in manners that you see fit for personal journeys and things outside of having to be an adventurer. Um, there is, uh, it could be fun also to be a warlock, um, uh, but I don't like the idea of being bound to another uh, deity, which is also why I wouldn't want to be a cleric. Um, uh, being a rogue would be fun, um, and you could do stuff outside of adventuring, but you're most likely to end up in prison at some point. Um, being a wizard would be great, but I don't like the idea of having to go to school for all of it, which is where being a sorcerer, I feel, would be more my speed. So for me personally, my choice would be sorcerer. Sorcerer would be my, the, my personal favorite for in real life. Uh, my least favorite would be fighter. And that is all the questions we have for today. Thank you for hanging out for the whole episode, and I'll see you next time.